0: Welcome to eBible Fellowship's Sunday Bible Study. For broadcast times in your area of these studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now it's time to begin our Sunday study with your speaker, Chris McCann. Hello, and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the book of Daniel. Today is study number 11 of Daniel chapter one. We're going to be reading beginning in verse 18 of Daniel 1. Now at the end of the days that the king had said he should bring them in, then the prince of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar, and the king communed with them, and among them all was found none like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore stood they before the king, and in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them. He found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in all his realm. And Daniel continued even unto the first year of King Cyrus. And I'll stop reading there. That that brings us to the last verse of Daniel chapter 1. Now, as we read this, um, were surprised maybe even a little shocked at the fact that king Nebuchadnezzar is pleased with Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. He is communing with them and and they stand before him and he finds them 10 times better than than all others in his realm the astrologers and magicians and everyone else. And it's it's shocking because of the spiritual implications. Now, we know historically that there was this evil king, King Nebuchadnezzar, the king of the Babylonians, and he took the Jews captive. He took many people captive because he... And Babylon were um, uh, uh, just a powerful force at that time, conquering various nations. And they had this program where they would take the best and the brightest of the people that they had conquered, turn them into eunuchs, so that they could serve the king in some way. And, and, And so it's not surprising, historically, that Daniel and his three friends... Are presented, uh, before the king and they eventually stand before the king and th- the king finds them uh, to be, uh, wise and, and have understanding. Now historically that's understandable. It's the, the spiritual meaning of these things that is troubling almost as we read it. Well, we'll uh, get to that in a little bit we'll discuss that and i think we'll have a better understanding of uh how it could be at least uh, i feel like i do now after um after looking into this and by god's grace um just just seeing how these things do fit uh, you know i i have to Admit that I was ready to uh, go to another subject um, maybe this week for the study um, just just to give more time to look at this passage and and to see because I I didn't get or understand how the elect who Daniel and his friends typify could have this kind of relationship with Satan. Whom the king of Babylon typifies. But, but again, I think that there isn't an answer to that that we'll be able to understand. But let's, let's start in verse 18 of Daniel 1. Now at the end of the days that the king had said he should bring them in, the end of the days, the king, and that's the king Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had said, that they were to be brought in. What's that referring to? Well, if we um, just go a little bit earlier in Daniel 1, back to verse 5, it says there, "And, And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat, and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years, that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now, the word end in Daniel 1.5 is the same um, Hebrew word that's, that's used in verse 18. It's not the usual word for end. Actually, this word is also translated as some and part in a couple of places, um, but it, it does appear to signify or to teach uh the end of a set period of time which would be 3 years according to Daniel 1 verse 5 they were to be nourished 3 years um with with the king's meat and wine that that was the king's plan and then at the end thereof they might stand before the king well that's uh exactly what we have or what's going on here in Daniel 1.18. Now at the end of the days that the king had said he should bring them in. Then the prince of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. And they end up standing before the king. So it must be the end of three years. And this would relate to uh, the time they were taken captive. Um, and we don't know how long it was before they entered into this eunuch's program, but probably not too long. It could uh, coincide with their captivity so that they've been captive for three years. Now there is a problem that develops when we understand the end of the days of Daniel one eighteen the time that the king had said he should bring them in, when we understand that's a three-year period. Now, we don't have the problem yet at this point, but we will have a problem when we enter into Daniel chapter 2. Because in verse 1 of Daniel 2, it says, And in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar dreamed dreams, wherewith his spirit was troubled, and his sleep break from him. Then the king called for the magicians and astrologers and so forth to interpret the dream, and not only interpret, but to provide the dream, because it, it was gone from him. And when they could not provide the dream, the king ordered that all the wise men of Babylon be slain. Now, it it appears that Daniel one into Daniel two is chronological, especially when we understand that um, as a result of Daniel being able to provide the dream and interpret the dream according to to God revealing it to him, that he is lifted up to a position of power in Babylon. It, it, it just can't be that he's um, in the eunuch's college, he, he's still studying to, to complete his eunuch's course, and now he's lifted up into this high position of power and authority in Babylon, and, and then he goes back to the eunuch's college, to finish out. It it that doesn't make sense. It uh it would seem that it would have to be that Daniel and his friends complete their three year eunuchs program and then uh King Nebuchadnezzar has this dream and and then the events of Daniel chapter two unfold and finally it, it results with Daniel and his friends being, uh, again, made great men of authority in Babylon, and not returning to school, not returning to their studies as eunuchs. And it would seem, it would have to be that way. Now, the problem is, they completed three years, but Daniel 2 verse 1 says it's in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar. That he dreamed the dream. And, and so you can see the problem. Now it could be related to how the, the period of time of the king is, uh, is kept according to extension years or non-extension years. We could understand that to be the third year of Nebuchadnezzar, but still it says in the third year, not a completed third year. Well, when we get to this, uh, we'll, we'll try to understand it as best we can, but I just want to point it out to give you an opportunity to look ahead and maybe do some study and, and maybe if we all look at it, we'll be able to finally understand it. But going back to Daniel 1 verse 18, now at the end of the days, three years and the three would point to the purpose. This is the purpose of God. Yes, Nebuchadnezzar and the prince of the eunuchs established the three-year period, but God's ultimately behind all things. And and so three in the Bible points to purpose. It's God's purpose concerning Daniel and his friends who represent the elect of God, that they... Would be brought in and, and notice who brings them in, the Prince of the Eunuchs, who we've seen has been a type and figure of the Lord Jesus Christ. He brings them in before Nebuchadnezzar, before the King of Babylon. And again, historically, very understandable. Spiritually, we, we have difficulties because Daniel and his three friends, the four young Hebrews, number four, uh, pointing to universality, are representing all of God's elect that have left the church, gone into the world, Babylon, and and are living in the world under the rule of Satan, who the king of Babylon typifies. and now, The prince of the eunuchs, the Lord Jesus, is bringing them before this evil king, before Satan. And the prince of the eunuchs would be Christ bringing the elect before Satan. Why would he do this? Why would God um, allow this to happen? And why would Jesus bring his people before this evil king. Well, let, let's uh, go on and read verse nineteen of Daniel one. And the king communed with them. The word communed means to to speak or to talk. He he talked with them. He he probably asked them questions or whatever the the king wanted to talk about. He talked with them, and. It goes on to say, and among them all, so the king of Babylon is not just interviewing uh, Daniel and his three friends. There, there are others that were in the eunuch's class. And, and so, and among them all was found none like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore stood they before the king. So King Nebuchadnezzar speaks with maybe 20, uh, 50, we don't know how many of these young men. We don't know how many were Jews or how many were of other nations. But out of them all, however many and from wherever they were, there were four, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, that... Um, he he found none like, none like, and again we're surprised. King Nebuchadnezzar is picturing Satan. Satan has all of these people brought before him by the prince of the eunuchs, pointing to Christ, and Satan finds none like these four young men and, and you know when we read this we think well this is some sort of uh, testimony or or that this is um, sort of a positive thing and and it's almost like um, Satan is commending them, but that's not the idea spiritually. Historically the king's impressed. he's impressed. These are smart young men, wise young men, and very careful in their speech. They they um, are mature, more mature than others, and whatever it was in the historical record, you know, uh, these are true events. There was a time when these. Men stood before the king and they could see King Nebuchadnezzar and look him in the face. And Nebuchadnezzar with his fierce countenance, what a, an arrogant, um, proud, evil king, a truly cruel and fierce and, and thought he was the greatest of all. He looked back and, and he analyzed them and, and and he did find that there were none like Daniel and his three friends. That's, that's the historical truth. But spiritually, there is also a truth here that, that we really shouldn't be surprised at. Although, you know, God's actually touching on a subject that isn't often touched on in the Bible, but but it is satan's perspective of god's elect the the evil one's perspective of the people of god and so he found none like them the others these other 40 or 50 eunuchs that that were from various nations or maybe all all from judah whatever, these others were not like them. They were different, and he recognized their difference. You know, it says in 1 Samuel 29 of David, when he was in the land of the Philistines, and the Philistines were ungodly people, They they were not of the true God, It says in 1 Samuel 29, and I'm going to read um, three verses. Verse 3, verse 6, and verse 8. 1 Samuel 29, verse 3, Then said the princes of the Philistines, What do these Hebrews hear? And Achish said unto the princes of the Philistines, Is not this David the servant of Saul, the king of Israel, which has been with me these days or these years? And I have found no fault in him since he fell unto me this day. And then in verse 6, Then Achish called David and said unto him, Surely, as Jehovah liveth, thou hast been upright and thy going out and thy coming in with me, in the host is good in thy sight, for I have not found evil in thee since the day of thy coming unto me unto this day. Nevertheless, the Lord's favor thee not. And verse 8, And David said unto Achish, But what have I done? And what hast thou found in thy servant, so long as I have been with thee unto this day, that I may not go fight against the enemies of my lord the king? Achish, an evil lord of the Philistines, an unsaved man, he had David among him for a period of time, and David was serving him. So so that's somewhat similar to Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego uh, serving in Babylon. And, and Achish gave his opinion of David and said, I have found no fault in thee, no evil in thee. And that's what the king is noticing that there are found none like these four, because he's not finding fault or evil. And actually, this is said of Daniel later on, after the Medes and the Persians take the kingdom, in Daniel 6, verse 4, then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could find none occasion nor fault, for as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. That's what what set them apart, and and it would have been true of uh, uh, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah also, that that the king found none like them, because every other man, every other man, he could find their error, their fault. He could find their sin, their evil. But And again, looking at it from Satan's perspective, the evil one, who is looking out at mankind, Yes, with this one, this one's um, wicked and evil, and and definitely gives evidence of being unsaved and dwelling within my kingdom of darkness. But this one, Daniel, I don't find that error or fault, and and this one, and this one, and this one, and so he could not find. Their sin, because with God's elect, their sin is paid for. It's covered. God has given them a new heart and a new soul. And they they have been washed from all iniquity. They stand righteous in God's sight. And there are none like them. No, you can search the whole world. And go amongst all the nations, all the religions, all the philosophies. look wherever you want, and you'll find none like them. That's the point that God is making and and then we understand of, well, of course, uh, Daniel 1:19 says, um, and among them all was found none like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Uh, of course, that's true because God's people are a peculiar people, a people set apart, a people they're not like the other people of the world and and it was noticed it it was observed by the king of Babylon and spiritually God is saying that Satan observes this as well. Satan takes note well. At the end of verse 19, it says, Therefore stood they before the king. Because, or the reason is that that um, they're able to stand before the king, is that there was none like them. That, that they are truly born again. They are God's elect. That they have been made righteous by the righteousness of Christ, and this permits them. This is the reason they're able to stand before the king. And, well, we we wonder, how could that make or cause them to stand before the king? We have to understand the, the spiritual meaning of uh, stood or stand. And how do we do that? Well, we look up the word. And the word stood is Strong's number 5975. It's a very common word. And let's just see how it's used in a few places. In Joshua chapter 21, it says in verse 44, In Jehovah." Gave them rest round about, according to all that he sware unto their fathers. And there stood not a man of all their enemies before them. Jehovah delivered all their enemies into their hand. Now, notice the similar language, um, but here with a negative. There stood not a man uh, of all their enemies before them. And, and we know what that means. They, they conquered them. They defeated them. In Joshua 23, it says in verse 9, for Jehovah has driven out from before you great nations and strong. But as for you, no man hath been able to stand before you unto this day. The enemies of God, the enemies of Israel were unable To stand before Joshua and, and his army because God was with them and therefore they were victorious. They were the conquering army. It says in second Kings chapter 10 of Jehu, second Kings 10 and in Verse 4, but they were exceedingly afraid and said, Behold, two kings stood not before him. How then shall we stand? And and Jehu, remember, was giving that he, he was anointed to be king. He slew the king of Israel. He slew the king of Judah. And he he was very zealous in destroying because he's also a type of Satan. But two kings were unable to stand before him, and and we see that to stand before is language indicating uh, to endure, to continue, or to remain before. And actually, the word uh, this Hebrew word translated as stood in our verse is translated a few times as continue or remain. And it, it carries that idea that if you're able to stand before then you're at, at the minimum enduring or you are victorious. And if you're unable to stand before a people or a king then you have been defeated. You have been overcome. And it is an indicator that you are uh, the loser? It says in Judges, in Judges two, and here I think we'll we'll definitely see how this relates to God's judgment on the churches. In Judges two, beginning in verse eleven, it says, "And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of Jehovah, and served Balaam." And they forsook Jehovah, God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods of the gods of the people that were round about them and bowed themselves unto them and provoked Jehovah to anger. And they forsook Jehovah and served Baal and Ashtoreth. And the anger of Jehovah was hot against Israel. And he delivered them into the hands of spoilers that spoiled them and he sold them into the hands of their enemies round about, so that they could not any longer stand before their enemies. Whithersoever they went out, the hand of Jehovah was against them for evil, as Jehovah had said, and as Jehovah had sworn unto them, and they were greatly distressed. What was true of Israel of old, their idolatry, their Baal worship. It was also true of the New Testament churches and congregations until God's anger um, became so hot that he ended the church age and and he judged all the churches and congregations of the world by loosing their enemy, by loosing Satan who had been bound at the cross and now was loosed. And when Satan was loosed, he gathered together Gog and, and his emissaries became Gog and Magog. And they came against the camp of the saints and overcame them. We read that a few times in the book of Revelation that the beast overcame the saints. In, we're in Revelation. Gog and Magog overcame the camp of the saints. The saints that were in the churches and congregations, as the corporate body became identified with the saints of God, could not stand before their enemy, because God had given them up, turned them over to defeat, to become in submission to Satan. And Satan began to rule in the churches and congregations. And, and that's what King Nebuchadnezzar is a picture of the time when God gave up Judah due to all their wickedness, their idolatry, their high places. And, and, and Nebuchadnezzar overcame Judah. He destroyed Jerusalem, destroyed the temple, took uh, many of the Jews captive, they could not stand before him. They were unable to stand before this ruthless king, this evil king of a fierce countenance. They, uh, they fell before their enemy. And that's the point. That's the point that God wants us to understand. The point that he's making here in Daniel one in Babylon, in the place where the Jews have gone into captivity, and now they are um, under the rule of the king of Babylon. And again this pictures God's elect at the time of the end of the church age, obeying God's command to come out of the church and go into the world and as for the church itself not one church is able to stand before satan not one congregation there is not one stone left upon another not one uh, church uh, no matter what type of church which denomination it is no matter how faithful they claim to be has been able to remain a church none have stood before their enemy because God wouldn't permit it. But now the elect of God have obediently left the church, gone out into the world where Satan also rules, and here they are attempting to obey God, as, as Daniel and his friends were already tried concerning their food and their drink. And they were proved 10 days and were found faithful and, and they were eating pulse, which was again, uh, food that comes from seed and, and the seed comes from the rain. They were, they were nourished by the latter rain that God was bringing outside of the corporate church during the second part of the great tribulation period. And, and yet what is God? indicating here. He's telling us, as there is none found like these four, therefore stood they before the king. He's telling us that when the elect are um, in in this situation, when they begin to experience leaving their congregations, leaving their assemblies, and, and going into the world as individuals, or maybe two or three of them gather or more in a fellowship, but, but each one really individually serving God, communing with God alone, that when they do this, they personally, individually, because God is with His people, and, and they have His Spirit within them, individually, the, the corporate body no longer has his spirit, but the, the saved do indeed possess the spirit of God, that Satan will not overcome them personally. Satan will not cause them to fall as the corporate structure has fallen before him. No, they will stand before the king. They As, as children of God, as God's elect, even though experiencing very difficult and trying circumstances and going through much hardship, they will endure to the end of the great tribulation. And, and that's the focus in Daniel at this point. God's not talking. We're, we're directing our eyes beyond the great tribulation, they will continue. They will remain before Satan. They'll not be destroyed. They'll not be overcome. Personally, individually, God's elect will uh, make it through and do so faithfully in service to God. And that's uh, the emphasis here. Therefore stood they... Before the king. Well, let's go on to read verse 20. It says in uh, Daniel 1 verse 20, And in all matters of wisdom and understanding, that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in all his realm. And again, and again... It's stunning. It's, it's really stunning. This is King Nebuchadnezzar's appraisal of the four young Hebrews. Or, spiritually, this is Satan's appraisal of God's elect that have left the churches and gone out into the world as, again, uh, at that time, it's the greatest period of his rule in all the history of the world. He has overcome, finally, the entire corporate church. He's ruling in the world like he never has before. And yet, here are these four young Hebrews that he finds none like them. They're able to stand before him. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding that he inquires of them, he found them ten times better. And ten points to completeness. Just just completely better. There, there's no comparison. He finds them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in all his realm. That is, everyone... In his realm, which would be Babylon, and and Babylon was an enormous kingdom and and therefore fittingly represents the entire world or the entire kingdom of Satan, which is the world. And all the unsaved magicians and astrologers would be those that have or claim to have any type of insight into spiritual matters in, in whatever area. It, let's just say he cannot find anyone else in his entire realm to match the wisdom and understanding of these four, and and again, it's high praise, high praise, or or appraisal from historically the kingdom of Babylon, spiritually from Satan concerning. The elect of God, and you know we again wonder at this glowing language. Due to in the spiritual picture, we 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 kind of shake our head, and yet we really should be saying, "Well, of course, of course, Satan finds these four uh, in matters of wisdom and understanding." that he inquires of them ten times better than, than all the magicians and astrologers or all the wise men, all the, the so-called spiritual men in his realm, because who dwells in the realm of Satan, the kingdom of darkness, who dwells in the world? Unsaved men. And unsaved men are spiritually blind, ignorant, dumb. They have none understanding. Remember what God says in Daniel chapter 12. In Daniel 12, in verse 10, Many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand but the wise Shall understand, the wise that would be God's elect possess understanding. None of the wicked possess understanding, and and, and who better or who would be better positioned to recognize this than a spirit being, than Satan and and his uh, fallen angels, the demons. They are spirit beings, so they they understand there's a spiritual realm where actually when you look at the world and the people of the world, they, uh, many of them uh, lack even that basic understanding that that there exists a spiritual realm and uh, because they're dead in soul, they're dead in their spirit. and and, and so right there, Satan's viewpoint differs than those within his own realm. That is, he and the fallen angels know they're they're actually spirit beings. So, of course, they know there's a spiritual realm. And they also have personal experience of being angels, good angels at one time, dwelling with God in heaven... So they know there's a God. They know there's a heaven. And they know God created the world. They, they know how man is a creature made in the image of God. They were present when all these things took place. Therefore, the the evil spirits, Satan and uh, the the demons, the fallen angels, possess far more knowledge... Then all within their realm, all of the unsaved people that occupy uh, the the darkness of the world, they they possess much more and therefore they're in a position to recognize when some people are acting different differently, behaving differently, understanding differently, than these other people. That is, they can see, or at least recognize, the understanding is correct with these over here. So, so, King Nebuchadnezzar finds none like them, like these four, and in all matters of wisdom and understanding, well, he finds them completely better, ten times better, than everyone else in his realm who have no understanding whatsoever, they they lack all right understanding, and, and but these over here, these over here, they they're saying things, believing things, doing things that fall in line with proper understanding, and 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 with truth, that the evil spirits are aware of. Remember, uh, if we use a biblical example that shows that Satan and his forces, the, the fallen angels, have more understanding of the things of God than the wicked men that are within his domain or under his dominion We can go, well, to several verses, but we'll just go to one for now. In Matthew chapter 8, Matthew 8, and beginning in verse 28, it says, And when he was come to the other side, into the country of the Gergesenes, there met him two possessed with devils, coming out of the tombs, exceeding fierce, so that no man might pass by that way. And behold, they cried out saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? That, that's a testimony from the devils. And, and those devils are fallen angels. They would have had, um, personal Encounters with God and Jesus is God, so they would have had a particular recognition of Jesus, and they did more so than man. Uh, just just think of the Jews constantly uh, fighting against Christ, constantly accusing him of lying, of being a deceiver, a seducer, of Beelzebub. When Jesus would perform his mighty miracles and and would give every evidence of being the Messiah, God in the flesh. They denied, denied, denied. Not so with the fallen angels. Remember what it says in James concerning um, devils. It says in James 2, verse 19, Thou believest that there is one God Thou doest well, the devils also believe and tremble. They know, Satan knows there's one God. He knows there's not a thousand like the Hindus. He knows there's the one God of the Bible, unlike the Muslims. He knows that there's one God, even when, when Jesus was walking the earth and, and God the Father is above, and, and God the Son is on the earth and the Holy Spirit comes down like a dove. He knows there's still but one God. See, the, the evil spirits understand many things that the natural minded man who's dead in soul, dead in spirit has no understanding of. And therefore when uh, when Daniel and, and Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah are before the king, and he inquires of them, well, he is in a unique position. That is Satan, spiritually, when the elect come before him. He is in a unique position to recognize that they have wisdom and understanding. For one thing, They have come out of the church, and they have left the churches and congregations to go out into the world. And all that have been left behind within the church are now going to church where Satan is seated as the man of sin, showing himself that he is God and the Spirit of God has departed from all churches, and here are these few, these elect, the, which the four young Hebrews represent, that have come out of the church and gone out into the world. In that alone, in that alone, Satan would realize, and again, he's uniquely positioned to see this, because finally, He has overcome the camp of the saints. He has taken his seat. He's receiving the worship within the corporate body as though he were God. But these ones that have come out are refusing to acknowledge that. As a matter of fact, they're actually telling people that out loud. They're, they're, they're aware of this spiritual transaction. When the daily was, uh, taken away and the abomination of desolation set up, they're, they're aware that Satan is in the church and the Holy Spirit has come out and, and so forth. So of course, of course, he recognizes in matters of wisdom and understanding, they are most certainly ten times better than everyone else in his realm, than all other men that are in the darkness that he presides over. And, and so you see how this all fits together in the spiritual picture of what took place during the time of the Great Tribulation. Well, uh, then we get to verse 21 of Daniel 1, the last verse of the chapter, and it says, And Daniel continued even unto the first year of King Cyrus. Daniel continued, and and that fits with they stood before the king. God wanted us to know, by using that language of standing, uh, of remaining, continuing, enduring, before the king of Babylon, that the saints of God, the true believers, the elect that were obedient by God's grace as his spirit moved in them to will and to do of his good pleasure, that they are not defeated by Satan. He wanted us to know that uh, by that language of standing before the king. But now in this last verse of Daniel chapter 1, and actually throughout the first six five chapters, which deal with the great tribulation period, and then chapter 5 moves into Judgment Day. In chapter 6 is Judgment Day in the historical narrative portion of the book of Daniel. Throughout, God keeps making this point that his people endure. His people stand before the king. Even in chapter 3 when the king throws them into a burning, fiery furnace. They continue to stand before the king. They come out of the furnace and are promoted. Those three young boys, they're pro- or young men, they're promoted in the kingdom of Babylon. They, they continue to stand. The king of Babylon cannot defeat them. Satan cannot overcome the elect themselves. Yes, he, he could, and he did overcome the corporate body. He did overcome earthly Jerusalem but he cannot overcome heavenly Jerusalem. He cannot overcome the elect in any way. So in, in this one instance, God shows us they stood before the king, but now in verse 21, the Lord wants us to understand their standing before the king is it was not just a temporary thing. But it was something that continued until the first year of King Cyrus. And Daniel continued even unto the first year of King Cyrus. And why unto the first year of King Cyrus? Because Cyrus took the kingdom of Babylon after the 70 year period was completed. And the 70 year period of oppression from 609 B.C. through 539 B.C., typified the entire Great Tribulation period. And then Cyrus, a portrait of the Lord Jesus, took the kingdom. And and immediately after the tribulation, Christ took the kingdom of Satan on May 21, 2011, after that 23-year period. But again, God's emphasis at this point is on his people's circumstance for the duration of the Great Tribulation. And, and for the entire period of the Great Tribulation, they will continue. Daniel continued throughout the entire 70 years until Cyrus, until Christ. Throughout the whole Great Tribulation, God's elect continue until Christ comes and puts down Satan. Now, you know, uh, I, I always wondered why God said unto the first year of King Cyrus. Because, uh, according to the Bible, according to the book of Daniel, Daniel uh, continued beyond that. It says in Daniel chapter 10, in verse 1, in the third year of Cyrus king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was called Belteshazzar. And the thing was true, but the time appointed was long. And he understood the thing, and had understanding of the vision. That's the third year of Cyrus, and Daniel is continuing. As a matter of fact, that's after he was put into the lion's den. After he survived that, that long night and was lifted up and we can be sure that king cyrus uh, would have um kept him in authority and and showered him with all sorts of uh, of benefits and and it's not as though in other words that daniel's stature lessened in any way it increased like never before under cyrus and and so daniel continued beyond the first year of cyrus Why then does God in Daniel 1.21 tell us that he continued even unto the first year of King Cyrus? And the only reason that God specifies the first year is because he he wants us to know that it is for the entire 70 years. Or, well, Daniel wasn't there early on at the beginning of the 70 years, but... But from his entry into Babylon until the 70 years concluded, until Cyrus, that Daniel continued, that, that the saints of God, the people of God, the elect of God, endure to the end. As Revelation 13 says, Here is the patience and the faith of the saints in the context of the beast rising up out of the sea and overcoming the camp of the saints, here is the patience and the faith of the saints. God's people endured to the end of the Great Tribulation. As And at this point in time, as we're living in the days after the Tribulation, the the 23-year actual Great Tribulation is several years, or a few years now in the past, we... Have the position to observe and to see that God was faithful. God was faithful to His people to keep them standing, to, to keep them enduring throughout the entire Great Tribulation period. And this verse is a prophecy. Some 2500 years before the actual Great Tribulation would begin, God prophesied that the elect would continue until the end of the Great Tribulation, until the first year of Cyrus. Thanks for joining us for E-Bible Fellowship Sunday Bible Study. For more information or to hear additional Bible studies, be sure to visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com.